0: opponent? Ourselves. At Kentucky,
1: we compete against ourselves every day, and we cannot let the strain and spotlight of this program affect us.
2: People going to talk. I mean, that's, that's what this is, and uh, we don't really listen to it. Uh, they can say what they want to say about us. We know we're a good team, and uh, we're just going to keep out here and keep playing. I know a lot of people don't believe that we can do it right now, but we got to... It's on us right now. We just have to believe, and if we believe, that's all that matters. We all still believe, but uh, there's a point where, you know, we have to put it into action, and I still think we will. You just have to play through it. That's what basketball is. You are your brother's keeper. If you want to succeed in Kentucky, you will succeed as a team. Play game. There's no schemes to what we have to do. I mean, you just got to play and play with the will to win.
1: I don't want it to be coach driven. I've had to push guys today. Push each other. I told you what we're doing. You're not holding each other accountable because you're not talking. If someone doesn't talk, say, Alex, talk, man.
2: But you want me to say it. Well, we're going to be an Alex. So we knew we all had to step up offensively and defensively. That's where it starts at, right there. Um, you get that competitive spirit in practice, and it's just going to turn over to the game.
0: We now know, you know, we keep fighting things and turn into our favors. Uh, we have warriors. I when we're freshmen. We're young, but we we fight. How about sharing the ball by this team in the first 15 minutes of the game? Aaron Harrison.
2: All right, good morning, sports fans. That was a uh, video put out by the University of Kentucky uh, Athletic Program to kind of get everyone ready for the preseason. And uh, it was actually released post-SEC tournament. And I thought it really hit the nail on the head with this Kentucky team that uh, all of a sudden this group is coming together. They're gelling. They're becoming a unit. The, un- the selfish play is, is gone and these guys are really, really, really starting to play well together. And uh, it's a whole different team. I, I tried to tell my co host later earlier this week that this is a different Kentucky team that's even played in early March, that, that whatever happened with, between that blowout loss to Florida last game of the year and the SEC tournament, they had a coming together moment, and now they're starting to play the way that everyone expected them to play at the beginning of the year. My name is Mike Gandolfo. This is the Weekend Sports but We'll be with you until 11 a.m. Breaking down the game from last night and talking about some other things in sports. Uh, it, it was a great night last night for, uh, for Cats fans. But I'll tell you what, I really didn't think it was a, an unbelievably good game. I thought the game actually, if I wasn't a Kentucky or Louisville fan, I would have been bored to death in that first half. It was choppy. There was way too many whistles. It was uh, hard for either team to get into a flow. And it was just flat out really not... That great of basketball, um, Louisville got out to uh, a, a really quick lead. Cal um, Perry kind of mentioned it in his press conference that he knew that just I guess by the way the guys were kind of approaching this game that they he even said that I guess in his press conference that they were going to pee themselves that they basically peed down their leg in that first little bit and that's what they that's what they expected and I got to credit Coach Cal because in that first little segment he didn't get. Two razzled. He stayed pretty calm and composed. He used his timeouts well. I think a a major mistake that college coaches um, do in the the tournament is they want to save their timeouts for the end of the game, thinking that it's going to be a close game. They're going to need their timeouts. Cal knew he had to get his young guys through that first wave of Louisville uh, getting out to that 13-point lead and used his timeouts wisely, kept his guys in the game, and then, of course... Kentucky was able to fight back in that first half and only be down by three at halftime. And at that point, I felt pretty good. Uh, You have a Kentucky team that responded to losing their rim protector early in the game. Losing Willie Cauley-Stein to me was huge. When when that happens, I'm thinking all of a sudden that Louisville's quickness, that everyone's been talking about this entire week, is going to come and they're going to get to the rim easily, which they did. I mean, they had an unbelievable amount of points in the paint. Uh, I couldn't believe how efficiently they were getting to the rim. But Dakari Johnson's not a shot blocker. Julius Randle's not a shot blocker. Willie Cauley-Stein is the guy who's there to kind of protect the rim. And when you look at the points in the paint, Louisville had 44 points in the paint. Um, That's amazing. And they outscored Kentucky by 10 points in the paint when we all know that Kentucky's advantage was supposed to be the size inside. I really thought that Louisville was getting to the rim way too easy. Kentucky was not rebounding very well to begin the game. Mango Mathiang comes in and just all of a sudden with great aggression takes to the offensive glass, gets some putback points and I, at that point I'm worried because the things that I expected to see out of Kentucky were not happening. But we've got all morning to talk about this game. I, I want to encourage you all to call into the Oxmoor 4 Lincoln Buzzline 384-1450. I am in studio by myself so we have plenty of time to take callers. I want to hear the fans support. I want to hear you know from the blue side what they have to say i want to hear from the red side what they have to say i think if you're a u of l fan right now you want to call in because you want to say goodbye in a very public way to an unbelievable senior class to probably one of the greatest senior classes in your program's history the most winningest pro, uh, senior class in your program's history a senior class that averaged 30 wins over their 4 years and could have one of the top five players that's ever played at the University of Louisville, and Russ Smith, um, you know, I am a little bit more of a Kentucky fan, but uh, as a college basketball fan, college basketball is going to miss Russ Smith. They're going to miss Luke Hancock. They're going to miss Montrez Harrell if he decides to go, but all all things are pointing to him uh, leaving for the NBA. Uh, they're going to miss a guy even like Steven Van Trees, who did not give Louisville much yesterday, uh, But it's uh, and Tim Henderson as well. I can't forget Tim Henderson. But, you're looking at a Louisville team that uh, has nothing to be ashamed of. 31 and six, they had a, a great last four years run. They're they're moving into the ACC. I want to hear from I want to hear optimistic things from Louisville fans. The one thing I don't want to hear from loyal fans, and it's one thing that I guess I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing from Louisville fans, is it doesn't seem like any time that Kentucky wins, that Kentucky actually wins. It always seems to me like. Louisville beat themselves. So I wanna, I'd like to see a little credit towards these Kentucky kids that grew up. Because if you ask me which team had the most experience at the end, I got to go the young guys played with a whole lot more composure than the older guys. We have a, uh, we have a caller on the line, so we're going to go straight now to the Oxmoor 4 Lincoln Buzz line. Mark is on the line. Mark, how's it going? You there?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, All right. What do you got for us?
0: Hey, well, I'm just curious, uh, you know, with Willie Colley-Stein going out early, and of course he's one of the leading shot blockers in the nation, I believe, and uh, Louisville's ability to get inside so much after he went out, it's kind of uh, curious why Patino would just, and Stein as being a difference maker in the post-game conference uh, when they compared him to kind of like Louisville when Ware went down. And uh, I thought that was kind of bizarre that Patino didn't want to admit that one of the better players, you know, keeping some players out of the game early, but yet that didn't affect the game. And also, um, speaking of where I believe the TV announcer said that Kevin Ware didn't even make the trip. Do you know any reason why he wouldn't make the trip with the team?
2: I actually feel, uh, from my sources of something, Kevin Ware hasn't even been to practice the last couple of months. And so anyone, why, would he not, why would he not show up for the game, though? I don't... It's the NCAA tournament, that he had such a, you know, I
0: mean, they made such a big reveal about the whole national media. Why would he not travel with the team?
2: One of the things that you can only dress so many kids. So, for example, Kentucky's uh, walk on Todd Lanter can't even dress for these games. Now, he's going to the games, so but he's got to go and sit in a seat like everyone else. And uh, so that might have something to do with it as well. And this would be purely speculation, but uh, he has not been to practice. He has not been involved in team activities. He's tweeting, which is a number one, which is a, a big red flag if anyone knows anything about following Louisville basketball. These guys do not tweet during the regular season. Um, I would be very leery to sit, think that he's even part of the program anymore. And I just don't think they've made it official. That,
0: that was my suspicion,
2: too. Thanks, man. Uh, and then you also brought up the point uh, about Rick Pitino t- kind of dismissing Willie Cauley-Stein mm-hmm. the, at the post game, which I didn't really get either. I, I was very shocked at Pitino's comments dismissing the impact of Willie Cauley-Stein. Now, listen, Willie Cauley-Stein is not this great offensive player. He never comes through, and, and you know it's not a guy that Kentucky fans are, are planning on getting 10 to 15 points out of. We expect to see him rebound and defend. He's the core of that defense, and what you saw from Kentucky last night is they struggled off the ball defensively because really, Willie Cauley-Stein is their off-the-ball defense, and the other guys uh, have gotten used to playing that way where they don't really have to play great off-the-ball defense because Willie's there to kind of clean up the mess and uh, Dakari's not really quick enough to get side-to-side side and cover as much real estate. And, and anyone who's seen Willie Cauley-Stein lives, you can, you're out there looking at a floor of, of, first off, Kentucky's full of guys who are supposed to have NBA bodies, but Willie Cauley-Stein's body is completely different than everyone else. I mean, he's so much taller and so much longer, and he's so much quicker. But the thing that concerned me, even before Willie Cauley-Stein got hurt, is he came out and really didn't even seem into it. He didn't seem into the game. Uh, he just, you know, some, everyone's seen it with Willie, where he's just kind of going through the motions until something clicks and he starts playing. It seems like we either have a really good Willie or a um, or a, a soft Willie. And uh, we looked like we were getting ready to have the softer version of Willie last night before he got hurt, which op- opens up the opportunity for Dakari Johnson to step in and play amazing on the offensive end. And he gave Kentucky exactly what they needed to have. He didn't uh, you know he's not the greatest defender, and that's. But he is uh, got a lot more offensive skill, and he ends up with 15 points, six rebounds, a very solid game. But there again, Kentucky only has two block shots on the entire game. Now one of them was a huge one by Alex Poitras on Russ Smith at the end. But the shot blocking that Kentucky was used to having is non-existent, and Louisville was getting to the rim with ease. And when that was going on. I I have I had major concerns. I had, I was really worried that this game was uh, going to go the way that other people thought, that the ten point swing towards Louisville. Because to me, Willie Cauley Stein was the key to Kentucky being able to play effective de- defensively. That and the length of the guards. Um, but of course, Kentucky prevailed. They showed great composure at the end, and, and they ended up winning this game seventy four to sixty nine. Um, I was a little bit off. My prediction for the game throughout the week was 72-68, to 68, so that's not too bad. You know, I, I was uh, pretty impressed with that. 72-68 to 68 and 74-69, not, not too much different. Um, of course, I was always harping this week on if Kentucky was going to win, it's because the Twins were going to have to play awesome, which they did. Um, the Twins combined for 29 points, only three turnovers, and seven assists, both of them playing 38 minutes. So they – Both Twins got two minutes of rest in the first half. They played the entire second half. To me, this cannot be overstated enough of how important, and I'm not even hearing this really brought up in the national media. The entire second half, all 20 minutes for the Twins with no turnovers. Not a single turnover for the Twins in the second half. They came to play, and and I'm, I'm sitting here and I watch Andrew take that hard fall on his elbow right before the media timeout. And he's, he's going off the floor, wincing, possibly even crying in pain, and waves off the trainer in the huddle. He's going to play this game, comes back in, hits the two free throws. The toughness from the pouty twins that we had at the beginning of the year to where we have these composed twins that are making big shots, that are giving the team what they need when they need it, that are not just putting their head down and driving to the rim, but actually pulling up and making good shots or making great finishes at the rim. These are the Twins we expected to see, and part of me wonders that they're not going to be able to take this instantly tournament run and play themselves back into the first round. I didn't think there was any chance the Twins left early, but if I'm an NBA guy and I'm watching how they're playing, I know that they're not the quickest laterally, but offensively they are ready to go to the NBA. I think that they're showing that they have that kind of skill. And... Uh, I was just amazed. And if you want to compare Andrew and and Aaron to Chris Jones and Russ Smith, both of them had 29 points. Both combo guards last night had 29 points. They both had three assists. The difference was the seven, I'm sorry, three turnovers. Both groups had three turnovers. Louisville only had three assists out of uh, Russ Smith and Chris Jones. And if you were listening to me all week, I told you that Russ Smith is better when he gets everyone else involved. And the Russ Smith that Loyal fans didn't want to see at the end of the game is the one that showed up. The one that felt like he had to put everything on his back. This is no knock against again one of the greatest players in Louisville basketball history. But he made some really bad decisions in the last three minutes of that game. And one of them was leaving Aaron Harrison open in the corner when Julius Randle made the mature play and kicked it back out to, to Russ and Ru- I mean excuse me to Aaron and Aaron knocks down the three. Three assists for the Louisville guard combo. Seven assists for the Kentucky guard combo. Uh, and again, they went, and the Harrison twins, 11 for 12 combined from the free throw line. And of course, uh, anyone who watched Louisville's free throws last night, they were Russ and Chris combined for six for 12, but that was uh, Russ going four for 10. It's a tough night. It's a real tough night. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about. We, will be, uh, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be back on the weekend sports buzz. Good morning, sports fans here in the Louisville, Kentucky area. We are again here on 1450 The Sports Buzz, the Brandon J. Lawrence Weekend Sports Buzz talking college basketball, Uh, a a really great night of college basketball across the board and on the line right now to talk a little basketball with me is my, uh, I guess my, I would call him my My basketball, let's see, I don't want to uh, say confidant, and I don't want to... I mean, let's not make it awkward. (laughs) (laughs) One of the greatest prep coaches in the country, Ryan Hurd, is on the uh, air with us right now. And, of course, I know that you were watching very intently last night to all the basketball games. Um, Did you get to watch Kentucky and Louisville?
0: I did. I did. I actually thought about you a couple times, and I thought they were going to get run out of the building.
2: Uh, It definitely looked that way early on, like there was a good chance that that was going to happen. So. That was
0: a, I mean, you know what the shame of last night is, and the NCAA can't do it any different. I'm sure they would. That you know the the people that that uh, were trying to switch back and forth for the last 30 seconds of each one of those games.
2: Well, they could put them, They could have put them opposite. I mean, I think anybody knowing what was going on this weekend knew that those were going to be the two best games of the of the weekend. And,
0: I mean, it was absolutely amazing. You know, I was actually uh, I was actually on dorm duty last night, so I watched it with a bunch of our guys. And the, it was just like it was, you know one of those classic heavyweight fights. It was fun to watch.
2: Now, when you're with a bunch of your guys, how many of them actually speak English?
0: <laughs> the question. Class- <laughs> you mean the ones from America? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which is like what two? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. they, uh, yeah. It's you know it's it's funny to watch them and and just hear their perspective. You know, like it's 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 classic, and then so much makes sense about what happens during the season when you're <laughs> you. Know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. The yeah. big fans of the dunk shot, though. That's what I do know.
2: Yeah, and that's the one thing that I was like uh, when I was coaching high school basketball, and I tried to watch film with these guys. And it's like, as a high school coach, you've got to teach these kids how to watch film because all they want to see is the the and one type moments. And uh, they well, don't, they yeah, don't the even know what silly, to do. The
0: problem is so many dunks, and then they all get up and run out of the room. And then you've got to stop for 10 minutes <laughs> and recollect them. <laughs> that's the problem. But I would say, I mean, listen, I think if you're Michigan, you probably like the way that game ended last night. Uh, I haven't seen yet today. What, what, what's the Collie Stein situation?
2: I, I, there's nothing official yet, but everyone was just saying it's really bad. And if you, if you watch the replay, there wasn't an obvious of him twisting his ankle or anything like that, and and he said he felt a pop. So to me, like, that's almost worse. When you don't see an obvious you know the guy twists. It's kind of like the ACL injury doesn't always look like the guy tore his ACL. So yeah. I'm having a feeling that I would, I would, I would bet that we've probably seen Willie Collie Stein for the last time. But there's nothing official yet on that whatsoever. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think Michigan probably matches up better with Louisville than they do with Kentucky. I, I'm shocked Vegas already came out. They came out with a line quick. Kentucky's a two point favorite in this game. Kentucky is. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't buy it. Right. I'm just saying, if I'm on that Michigan staff, I like the way that game ended last night. And I think you got to – listen, Calipari certainly knows what he's doing. He certainly has those guys absolutely clicking when they need to. But I just feel like eventually youth catches up with you. And maybe I'm wrong. but um, right. well, and I think you... adrenaline can get you through something like last night. I think you may have even seen it with Iowa State. You know, adrenaline got them through that first game without without George's Niag. And adrenaline could get them through last night. I just feel like uh, that's that's a pretty big void to fill.
2: I think that the people in this area, because you know Iowa State's not like covered um, as heavily as, of course, like the ACC, the SEC, the AAC is around here. Uh, in the 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 big, uh, the, just the Big Twelve is just not as not as covered around here. But you, you know, obviously Yang went to Tilton, so you are very familiar with him and I got to see him play several times. He played with Therlon's Noel. He played with Wayne Selden. Uh, and kind of was overshadowed by those two guys, but any time I was in the gym when he was playing, everyone knew that that kid was the heart and soul of what Tilton was doing. And he was the glue that kind of held we together. We played
0: him. I think we played him three times when he was up here. We were, you know, forced up to win all three of them, but but that dude scored so many different ways. Like there was literally there was no matchup. You know, I, I think that last year we had Kem Burch on him because he was down low killing us. He took Kem out to about 25 feet and, and, and murder us out there. <laughs> and then we switched him up and went guard for guard. I mean, we just could never find a matchup for the kid. And, you know, you wonder how that will, 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 will allow him to play at the college level. It's absolutely the same thing. There is no matchup for him. He's a tremendous player. Well, you know, that's the thing. Some of this stuff is just attrition. Like, who can get through? Who can get through these games? And yeah. That, and that's, there's so many factors going to it, which makes like the Louisville run or Kentucky run that they've been having over the last few years even more improbable that they're able to do such a thing. I mean, it's amazing.
2: It is pretty amazing. The other kid that you're pretty familiar with from up in your area is a guy named Nick Stoskis who plays for Michigan. And <laughs> this is another kid, similar to George, except I don't think from the motor standpoint, kind of overshadowed by Caleb Tarzewski when he was at St. Mark's. and Well, not kind of. He was. Most people did not think he was athletic enough to be a major contributor at the Division One level. He uh, he was not very well thought about coming out of high school. I mean, would, would you agree with that?
0: No, I think there's a bunch of those kids on the on the Michigan roster. Yeah, I mean, I look no further than Spike Albrecht. I mean, yes, the week before he he went to Michigan, UMass Lowell, who was Division Two at the time, thought they were getting him. You know, and they, you got to respect B-line last night going for degree of difficulty points and like continuing to allow him to inbound the ball.
2: Yeah, and, and he it. struggled, and I just didn't know. I couldn't understand why they, just kept, why they kept on going to him.
0: Yeah, I said, when they came out that last time out, I said, if Albrecht goes in by that ball, I'm throwing the chair through the TV, so you guys better figure out something else to do tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was
2: thinking that they were going to put Derek Walton back there for sure. Um, even he though got to do
0: something. Yeah, you got to do
2: something different. And you know what? And that's another kid on that Michigan roster, Derek Walton, who, um, uh, in a very classy way, Derek Walton was on my watch list last year. And definitely was a deserving kid to play in our All Star game, yeah. and but I just I, I didn't have a spot. I ran out. and His dad actually contacted me, and I even said I told him like, your your kid is awesome. He plays hard. I love watching him play. I just I just don't have a spot for him this year. It's it's unfortunately yeah. I can't take them all, and that's a kid who uh, was kind of overshadowed by the Casey Hills and the and the Andrew Harrisons of the world, and and was probably ranked yeah. what the ninth or tenth be- best point guard in the country. He's playing awesome.
0: You know, it's important. People downplay the coaching, and I, and I'm at I'm, least nobody knows more than I do that the players win the games. It's no it's no coincidence that Calipari, Patino, you know, B-line, like all these guys continue to be back in these elite eight situations. It's it's not an accident. They yeah. understand more than anything. They understand how to prepare their team this time of year.
2: Yeah, when you look at these them the when you look but at these that, coaches, you got Archie Miller and Sean Miller. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, obviously yeah. know what
2: they're doing. Billy Donovan, who's won a couple of titles, you know. Cal yeah. Perry, Patino, Izzo, Beeline. I mean, it's, it's, there's a reason they're there.
0: So now I'll say this, and I don't want to, you know, I don't put anybody on blast, but, you know, we had three kids on that St. Louis team while they were making a run. You know, and, and very talented kids, overachieving, you know. And I was down in Orlando, and they are practicing for two-plus hours. And I say to myself, "This can't be real." <laughs> you know, like like you, at this point, you're telling me that you you just don't want to win. <laughs> like, and, and so I think a big piece of it is just the, the ability to manage what you have. And I think it was, you know, like Chuck Daly said, you know, a coach has to have the confidence to put everything he needs in in 45 minutes in March. That's it. You need to be on the court 45 minutes to an hour, and you have to at some point you have to realize the return is in their legs. You know, what What can you do mentally? What can you, what can you do to make sure that their legs are fresh so you can go play the game? And what I think what you see now this time of year is game management really, really showing through.
2: Well, and I think you saw that, um, especially with, you know, Cal with this group, not doing everything he's done in the past. He's had, he's had, a, he's had to do everything possible with these kids to try to get them to come together in gel. And they finally, they finally have done it. You know, I don't think Cal gets nearly enough uh, credit for what he does, but the guy's probably doing the best out of uh, right now of anybody is Bo Ryan in Wisconsin. I mean, he yeah. knows where his advantages are, and they're taking Then they're they're executing. You know,
0: Sam Decker was pretty good. Huh? Sam Decker was a pretty good selection on your part back in
2: the day. Man, I just I just never forget. I went and saw the first time I saw Sam. I was going to recruit Shabazz um, because I thought we could have possibly had a chance with him. And, 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 uh, and I, it was close, actually, I think, at the end. And um, I go, Sam Decker took that game over for the Wisconsin Playground Warriors, who had a coach who was, like, straight out of the military and just yelling the entire time. It was awesome. You just wanted to watch the coach the entire time. I ran up to Sam Decker after that game, who and they won. They beat. And I said, you're getting the first invitation to the Derby Classic. And that kid is as the athletic, he's as underrated as a college basketball player as there is out there. He's got everything you possibly need. He's skilled. He can shoot it. He can take it to the rack. I just uh, I, I, love that kid. I mean, I think he's
0: and he's going to do great. You know, he's going to do fantastic in those GM meetings. Like, anybody who doesn't think he's a pro is out of their minds.
2: Oh, they're nuts. But
0: he, he's just going to be fantastic.
2: Well, actually- you
0: think, so now you look at a guy like Cass. So, like Joe Torre. When Joe Torre had the Yankees or Phil Jackson with those Bulls teams, well, anybody can win with talent. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you know, like, that's just not true. When you... When you look at a guy like Calipari and what he's done consistently with freshmen, it's unbelievable. And if you don't think it is, ask Coach Sashevsky. You know, it, it, <laughs> he took a chance on those guys that are, you know, those guys are going to be one or two year kids and it just doesn't work. And, and that's some of that is understanding your coaching style. And I think he got outside of his comfort box because he wanted to get a big name there. I mean, he's a guy. Coach a guy. Bo Ryan's a guy. They want four-year guys.
2: Patina's a guy. Patino wants four-year guys. Izo wants four-year yeah. guys.
0: Yeah, they want four-year guys that are system guys that they can really just, that they, they can just develop and then lead their younger guys. And so when you look at a guy like Calipari who can do it and consistently win with new faces every year, I mean, really what he is is a glorified prep school coach.
2: Without <laughs> I mean, a doubt. Anyway, You're exactly right.
0: He's doing what we're doing, but he's doing it on a big stage against a guy. You know, it's not a level playing field for him. And he has the best players, but the reality is he's going up, he's sending 18-year-olds up against 22 and 23-year-olds every night, and he's winning.
2: That's impressive. And then you go to the game last night, and if you watched the last three minutes, and if you didn't know anything about those teams, and I asked you which team had all the freshmen and which team had all the seniors, right. and which one played with more composure, it was no, Kentucky. Absolutely.
0: Think about how many balls in the first half, how many balls those Kentucky kids they were going off the hands. It was a double catch, you know, it was, you know, the bobbled play. And then to see, it exactly, to see that level of comfort in those last three minutes and know they were going to keep making plays, I mean, that thing was a wrap. That was a wrap, and I'm sure I'm sure Patino figured that out in a hurry.
2: Yep. Well, hey, we're going to actually have to head to a break, so I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you coming on this morning on kind of short notice. but uh,
0: No problem, man. I appreciate it. I love it. All I'll right, talk man. to you soon. I'll we'll talk
2: to you soon. All right, that was All Ryan right. Hurd, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Weekend Sports bus. Welcome back, sports fans. We got the last segment of the first hour here on the Weekend Sports Buzz brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. And uh, we're going to go straight to the Oxmoor 4 Lincoln Buzz line if you want to join the fun, 384-1450. But we've got, of course, my favorite Indiana Hoosier fan and someone who I know will be at the Derby Classic, The Truth. Truth, what's going on, man? Uh,
3: Hey, what's been going on a night last night for college basketball? If you don't like college basketball, I don't know what you
2: like. We had uh, four really good games, and three of them that were you know that were came down at the very end.
3: I got far we get to talk about son. I want to tell you to keep up the good work. I hope the people of the city around the area take care of the dairy classes, sell it out. you know I hope so I just that's a good lead, and I appreciate you bringing it there
2: i, I appreciate it. that truth.
3: hey, let me tell you son. I see last night the first game about Michigan. I was sitting and looked at at my wife and said, Tom Crean in trouble. I'm going to tell you why he's in trouble. You had six people on Michigan team from the state of Indiana come back and won. And you know how people get to talking. I think if he don't do nothing uh, next year, I think, now you ain't never heard me say, uh, the heat is on him after last night. Don't you think it is?
2: I think that he was on him before last night. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I know he's not. nothing's going to happen this year. I think um, he's going to – next year could be a very important year. I think it's going to depend a lot if they can get one of these transfer kids to come in um, and that could play right away, uh, especially the lead kid out of Temple. Uh, it's He's in a situation next year where they – I almost think they have to at least make the tournament next year, and he's got to have a good recruiting class. Um, it's, it's very interesting It's because it, because the wheels fell off so fast and to me it has a lot to do with mismanagement of the roster uh, you had to anticipate that Vonley was going to leave once you lost Luke Fisher in December that had to be your sole purpose was to try to fill that spot and they still have not been able to get a big man and so now you've got to hope that you get one of these transfers or that it's I mean, it's basically going to be Hannah Pereira and, and Devin Davis. And, uh, you know, that's, that's it down low. You know, I think on the outside, on the perimeter, they're going to be fine. Uh, I don't think that even though none of the guys who left the program earlier this week were a big surprise, I don't think losing five guys like that in, in 24 hours was a good PR thing for Tom Cream.
3: Oh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It didn't look good. You know, i built a big Tom cream Porter. I just, you just got to call it like I see it. You know, that's why I'm the truth. Let me talk about this Kentucky game, and I'm telling you that these freshmen is Kentucky is coming together now. They're uh, scary, aren't they, truth? They, they. Uh, guess what I said? They, they don't be surprised. They won the final four. That, oh, it's gonna be a pretty interesting. They going to the Final Four. Michigan can't beat them.
2: Well, how about your Big Michigan. Ten conference? though, putting three teams in the Elite Eight.
3: Well, it don't surprise me. I, I was telling my wife this: the big, if you look at it, the Big Ten, the last six years, we've been good, but we ain't won I think the national championship since two thousand two. That don't mean nothing. They, we got to, and I'm saying. Let's give it up to the SEC. The SEC is doing good in football and basketball. You know, let's be honest. They they mm-hmm. they, they, kick, they 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 getting all the top players in football and basketball. They kicking the Big Ten, but it's time for the Big Ten to win the national championship in football. We can keep on getting the McDonald's All-American, Ohio State, Michigan State. Ben, Mr. Tom Izzo, bent the six national championship, but he only won one. I see. Don't too many people talk about that. I oh, well, Yeah, we, you win in the tournament, but you don't win the big game.
2: Yep. yep. <laughs> yep.
3: They've re- they remember championship, not chumps.
2: Uh, that's very true. I mean, I think that's you know that's uh, I can tell you right now all of the, all eight years that Kentucky won a national title, and I can tell you the four, the fourteen times they got to the final four, but it would take me a little bit. You know, I can, you know, I, it's it's definitely not as easy as rattling off those eight years that they won the title.
3: Well, I, you know, it's like you got the Derby class coming in, and look at look at the top players you bringing in, because everybody and, and most of how many people in your Derby class team gonna play for Kentucky?
2: We don't have anybody from Kentucky this year.
3: I don't understand that. See what I'm saying?
2: Well, I mean, don't forget that business still runs the roost there, and you know then. <coughs> In Louisville, uh, Business First came out a little while ago with an article talking about how much money Nike gives the University of Kentucky athletics. And there's two hundred. It's two point three five million dollars that Kentucky, that Nike gives on an annual basis to Kentucky. I can't compete with that. So I mean, they're going to go to the McDonald's game, and they, I mean, as every kid who dreams about playing high school basketball wants to be McDonald's All-American. You can't hold that against them. And then it's going to come down to, do you want to choose, you know? michael jordan and nike who's got your shoe contract, or uh you know or us and it's it's a tough thing to overcome i mean but it's it's not about the fans at that point it's about it's yeah. it's a business decision you know
3: maybe I, maybe I hit the lottery and get my own shoe team it's responsible for the some class. air
2: truce i wear some air truce put those on all oh, right with a big red bone on it i, I like it
3: yeah, okay, you have a blessed week and we have be getting ready for Derby classes and I hope Kentucky get knocked out uh, Sunday.
2: <laughs> oh, man, thanks, Truth. All right, we're going to keep on on the Oxmoor 4 link and buzz on to my favorite Kentucky fan from the state of New Jersey, Lou. Lou, are you there?
0: Hey, how are you doing,
2: Mike? I, tell me what it was like being up in New Jersey watching this game last night. Were you going crazy in that first half?
0: Well, I found the secret Um Wichita State game. My wife was over in the corner reading a book, um, and then with five minutes to go in the game, she was going to go in her room watch her TV. I says, "No, you got to watch the game." And she, she pulled it out. So last night, she watched the whole second half with me. So
2: while wow, she was reading a book in the corner, pardon? Or did she? Was well, she? Wasn't reading a book though in the corner. She was just in the room with you. oh uh, yeah. She first quarter, first half, she was uh, reading again. Okay.
0: So we got to get. So you know, we can get her reading at the start. Of, uh, stop that reading at the start of the game. We,
2: we'll be uh, good. We
0: won't. We won't get fall behind thirteen points. So
2: well, it's it's good to know that, that Mrs. Wade I is the you, key Mark, to our success. I'm sorry, so yeah. I said it's good to know that Mrs. Wade is the key to our success.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that and about uh, seven players and a coach. That's right. Or maybe actually three coaches. I think we got. Uh, this March is the second best time of the year right behind or it's a personal time of year. Number two is uh Martin Luther King weekend, isn't it?
2: Oh yes, yeah. up at that Hoop Classic in Springfield. We always have a good time up there. And uh it's yeah. it's one of the greatest events out there.
0: It's wonderful. And uh Bucknut you know, Kentucky last night. Well U of L first of all, I who who would applaud after the first ten minutes that Kentucky was gonna win. And all night long they couldn't stop Russ Smith from driving. And slowed Hancock down a little bit, but it didn't stop him. Um, really proud of uh, Atari, and he's—he's he's actually when I go to hoop all I kind of write up uh, what I think different players. You're only seeing him one game, but I did see Atari four games down in City of Palms, so I got to see him a lot. And he's doing exactly what I said he would do it. Now I'm wrong half the time, but I'm right on him with this guy. And he's going to have a, a big year next year. And I was talking to, uh, thanks to you, I was talking to Jackie Pounds and actually talked to Carl after they won the finals. I talked to him for about five minutes. And uh, Carl Carl Pounds. And uh, he's looking forward to playing with Dakari. So I'll be like a That'll be
2: that. a great duo right there with those two guys, and both of them are going to be able. To, they have such a good uh, shooting touch, um, you know. That Kentucky in the paint, we might We might not have the big shot blocker next year unless Marcus Lee comes around, but they're going to have two guys that can really score in, inside.
0: You know, I think if Takari can get get some more strength, uh, even get in shape a little better, and get some lift. I don't know if he'll ever get lift, but. Uh, you know, if you take up enough space, you don't have to jump that
2: high. That's true. That's very true. Well, Lou, cheer him on on uh, on Sunday. You think they're going to pull it off? I didn't hear that. Mark. Uh, do you think they're going to win on Sunday?
0: I am.
2: Oh yeah. I'm, oh, all I'm, right. My
0: wife's going to be watching.
2: There, so, we, there we go. Uh, good,
0: Mike, good uh, I can't seem to pick your station up here, so you need to get a stronger station.
2: <laughs> we'll try I mean, to get to New Jersey. You like should be
0: able to come to New Jersey.
2: <laughs> hey, you got to download our app or, or listen to us online, so uh, we're, we can we can stream up there for sure. Lou, I appreciate you coming on. we got to get to a break. Great. I uh, I will talk to you later. All right. uh, but, yeah, we're wrapping Thanks. up hour number one, and uh, we will be right back on the other side. This is The Weekend Sports Bus. All right, sports fans, welcome back. to hour two of the weekend sports buzz. This is Mike Andalfo, joining here from the fourteen fifty WXVW studios, where you can get your fourteen fifty WXVW golf card by visiting our website. It will give you great deals on golf courses throughout the uh, throughout the, our area. It's definitely a great value. Awesome Father's Day present, Easter present, whatever you do, make sure you get out and get that golf card. Go to the sports fourteen fifty the sportsbuzz com slash golf card for more information and. Uh, course we're here because of Brandon j lawrence we appreciate his uh his uh, sponsorship personal injury attorney and i am going to go straight to the line right now because i've got my one of my favorite uk fans on the air the founder of kentucky heartbeat mr tyler smith tyler Uh we're not on cell phones today well you're on a cell phone but i'm not
1: (laughs) yeah that's true i'm still i'm still rocking the cell phone that's okay uh how are you feeling mike
2: uh, you know, last night, and I said this kind of in the beginning of the show, it, the, the first half sucked. I mean, I, yeah. not, not just from like uh, the fact that Kentucky was losing, but just from a basketball standpoint. Really, the first, yeah. up to until, the last, uh, until the last 12 minutes of the second half, there was no flow that game. There was no... Yeah. yeah.
1: No, you're exactly right. You go from probably one of the best officiated games in the Kentucky-Wichita State game, to, in my opinion, one of the worst officiated games on both sides. Just inconsistent calls last night. They wouldn't let him play at all. And uh, one, on one side, there would be a hand check foul, and the other guys would get mauled. It was just it was awful to watch. I mean, I don't it think
2: – it, it was hard for them to go a, <clears throat> more than two possessions without a whistle. I mean, it was just – Oh, my gosh. The flow of that game just – I mean, I was – and I said earlier, if I wasn't a fan of one of these two teams, I would have turned it off. I mean, it was yep. – it was brutal. And so everyone, you know, talking about how it was this great game, it was, it was a good finish, but it wasn't even a great finish. I mean, yeah. it was a good, just from the, st- the storyline, I guess, that these Kentucky freshmen were down seven. Uh, James Young fouls out. Alex Poitras comes in to replace him, gets a, a dunk, a block, and then ends up getting the end one to tie the game. And, <laughs> and, and from my standpoint, the one thing I don't want to hear from mobile fans is, A, then this is, and you you can go along with this for sure. I don't think Kentucky has actually beaten Louisville since Rex Chapman went to Freedom Hall and like dropped twenty eight on them or whatever it was. Because every time that comes up, it always seems to me like Louisville beat themselves. Kentucky didn't win.
1: Oh yeah, tired no. of that stuff. No, you're exactly right. Kentucky was down seven with four twenty six to go. Luke Hancock hits eight. What I saw was a dagger three. Oh. He and Russ were just hitting clutch threes after clutch threes with that seven to four-minute uh, mark in the second half. And then, as you said, in my opinion, the player of the game was Alex Poitras. Comes in and completely sets the tone for the Wildcats. Gets a monster dunk. Then shuts down Luke Hancock, gets that block, and that ball rolls off of his head out of bounds, and then comes back and gets the hand one. Just set the tone for the team. It's Huge, huge two minute stretch that he had when he came in.
2: And I, and I don't want to hear any more about you know that they've got all this experience because obviously now this experience is gone for them. But I'm not, and that's not a, to be mean. I mean that that's total credit to them. But the team that played with the most composure and looked like they had the most experience was the Kentucky Wildcats at the end of the game. Russ oh, Smith absolutely. made four four brutal mistakes in that last 4-minute stretch that yep. you know where he just tried to put the team on his back and do it and yep. as much as I love Russ and how great I think he is that's not him he's not that clutch go-to player at the end i mean he never really yep. has been even against oh. that Memphis when they got when he hit the last second shot to win that was really Terry Rozier's play mm.
1: well <laughs> i i think what the the storyline that it's probably going to get played. I haven't read really any national media um, articles yet, but the the fact that everybody's going to come back three weeks later and say, "Oh, talent really does work," the or the one and done system does work. I'm I've been saying this all year, and so have you, Mike. I want talent on my team at the end of the at, at the end of the game. If you could have experience. those Harrisons down the stretch yesterday, the second half, zero turnovers. They made adjustments. They made the big plays, they hit the big threes, and then Louisville's senior experience national title team could not hit a bucket or make a play in the last four minutes when they needed it. And then so I'm a, taking talent.
2: And then you know, I also said yesterday that the to me the big thing was second chance points versus points off turnovers and we Yeah. We had an eight, a plus eight on second chance, second chance points, and they were plus six on points off turnovers. So yeah. I just, uh, you know, the fact that we really took care of the basketball, that Kentucky yeah. did a, such a good job. Those Harrison twins playing the way they did in the second half. Even when Andrew goes down and he, has, he hits his elbow, and it, yeah. he may have been crying. you think he was crying?
1: No, I don't think he was
2: crying,
1: but he was wincing hard because he, he took a fall on that, on that elbow that has obviously been hurting him since the Kansas State game.
2: And then he doesn't even have the trainer come over and talk to him. Yeah. And he goes out and hits those two free throws after that timeout. Yep. I mean, that was yep. like, holy shit, this kid's got guts. And I <laughs> – oh, did I just say that on the air? I think hopefully I got dumped. But uh, anyway, uh, I was just amazed. I thought the, that those twins just played unbelievable and um, – and they got it done uh, for Kentucky when they needed it. And they're kind of being overlooked a little bit uh, as how important they were to that ball game. But you, you would have said that Louisville had the guard uh, advantage. I'll take the way the Twins played last night over how Louisville's guards played.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think an interesting point that needs to be talked about, our L guys that uh, I love chatting with, Rashawn and Hazen last night said the key to the game was going to be Louisville's defense down the stretch. Who played the defense down the stretch, Mike? Uh,
2: I would have to say it was the Wildcats.
1: Absolutely. They just flustered, frustrated. Just any word that you can think of, the cards, last night. I mean, there's a photo that UK Athletics tweeted last night that I thought was brilliant. You've got James Young and Andrew Harrison going and giving each other a chest bump, and Luke Hancock's just looking in just disbelief, like, oh, my gosh, these guys were... What what people were talking about? And, Of
2: course, the other thing that Rush Sean brought up last night is you know, the fact that you know, and, and Haven brought this up too, that you know, Florida was up by sixteen on you know, Kentucky, and they just quit. So I guess yep. that's what happened to Louisville. They were up by thirteen the first half, thought they had, and they just quit.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what senior experienced teams with national title rings do. When you're up 13, you you just you let the team come back in uh, and beat you. Yeah.
2: Uh, But speaking though of uh, you know just to give Russ Smith credit, did you hear that last night? He actually went into the Kentucky locker room to congratulate those guys. That's such a classy move. And
1: I love Russ Smith. Let me be the first as a UK media guy. I got to meet him uh, earlier this year, just before uh, actually during the UK women's uh, UFL women's game. Just one of the classiest players I've ever met. Just spoke yes sir, no sir, just one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And so I really, I really would love to see, he's going to be on an NBA team and I would really, he, he's such a great uh, guy and ambassador for for Louisville. So good job, good job Russ, you're a great guy
2: um yes very much so so I right, tyler i'm gonna we actually are, got the phones blowing up here so i'm gonna let you go and i all appreciate right, you taking a couple minutes to coming on the air and make sure you all check out kentuckyheartbeat.com for some great coverage of kentucky awesome. athletics so we're gonna care, guys. take care man all right all so right. we're gonna keep on going straight to the uh the weekend sports buzz uh oxmoor Ford lincoln buzz line we got eric on the line eric are you there hey what's up mike Eric, how's it going? Uh, You obviously, I know, are a huge Kentucky fan, and you know a little bit about basketball, but a very small amount. And uh, I'm just messing with you, man. Anyway, uh, what did you think about what did you think about last night going into that first little stretch when uh, Louisville jumped out to a 13 point lead? I, you know, I was uh, I'm
0: sitting there watching with my wife, and we're house divided, and. I'm I'm one of those negative Nancy's unfortunately. and I thought, oh man, this game's going to get out of hand.
2: And your wife was letting you know quickly. it, by the way. Uh, I'm sure your wife you was letting what? you know it. Your wife was letting you know it.
0: Oh she, she oh, oh yeah she she absolutely <laughs> was. But you know, I, it, once they got settled down, and, and it, it's funny because I mean, you, you know, I'm watching other things, and when Kentucky' strength is in the in the in the post, and they're shooting five five threes out of their first six shots, you could tell the nerves a little bit of those young guys. And I thought once they settled down, you know, once they got that first three to go and and saw the basket open up a little bit, again, they they sort of settled down. Uh, It was nice to watch the flow of the game after that. And I heard you talking a little bit ago that that it was kind of hard to watch. Look, you know as well as I do, referees at this point uh, are just trying to almost trying to be on TV more than they should be. And all games are that way, even the Michigan-Tennessee game that the flow of the game was ugly because of the referees. You just got to kind of live with that at this point of the season, that the referees are going to try to make it that way. But, you know, other than that, I thought the flow kind of settled down and, and, and Kentucky kind of got into it. Um, and, and watching the halftime, watching Barkley talk about Hancock was hilarious. Yeah, and then Hancock it's goes off. Like it thought, oh, it's almost like it was almost like he was listening to Barkley going, okay, we'll see. Because he came down in the second half and almost, Single-handedly won the game for him, but it, the way the the way the young kids sort of kept taking the blows and then responding, giving their own blows, you know, I know they're they're not freshmen at this point for, for the minutes they played, but they're still, you know, eighteen-year-old kids and be able to withstand that kind of atmosphere and that kind of pressure just shows a lot of a lot of heart and character on their on their point. I think.
2: Yeah, fourteen points for Luke Kingcock in the second half, and uh, he was he was amazing. But the bottom line, I thought, you know, Louisville had their big three with Hancock and with uh, with with Russ and with Montrez, getting you know they all had pretty good games. They all scored fairly, you know. Russ had 23, Montrez had 15, Luke ended up with 19. They only got 12 points outside of those three guys. They had no one else on that team that was able to step up, including Chris Jones. And uh, you know, I I can't attain, said, I told Louisville fans early in the week that if they were going to win, they were going to need a big game out of Terry Rozier. To, you know, when they came out of the game, the Terry was going to be able to kind of maintain some of what Russ and Chris Jones did, and they were going to need Stephen Van Trees to be Josh Harrelson from a couple of years ago. Van Trees didn't even belong out there last night. Right. Well,
0: I agree with that. People, people talked about that. People talked about that all week long about Van Trees. I Listen, if you're going to put your eggs in the basket of Van Trees, I think you're going to. I think what's going to happen last night happens. I'll be honest with you. I'll he's got to get
2: player. He's got to give you something though. I mean, he didn't even take well, a shot.
0: What has he given in four years? What In four years, what has he given UofL? And I just don't think you can expect that. And, listen, I agree with you. Somebody else besides those three had to step up and give him something. I thought it would have been Rosier, the way he's been playing the past three weeks of the season. I really thought it would have been him. Um, but I just don't think you can expect Van to come in and give you anything. And, to me, I think one of the big keys of the game is this – you know Willie Colleystein time goes down, and then all of a sudden, Dakari Johnson
2: was becomes, amazing.
0: You know, one of the best post players in the country. I'm Seven for ten from the field, out of nowhere. I mean, out of nowhere, he was just a man among boys down there. And it's just, I don't know. It just kind of shows the credit I think to Cal seeing that in these kids for them to be able to do that. I watched Dakari play in high school at Mount at Mount Verde, and I just I wasn't sold on him, but the the, the progress he's made throughout the year. Um, it's been it's been fantastic, and I think it showed a lot last night. And I agree with you. It's hard to win three on five, and that's that's basically what it boiled down to last night because they got no help. Those three from U unfortunately, got no help whatsoever. And that's and that's and again, I'm I'm a a uk fan. Don't get me wrong, but tell me well enough. I'm a basketball fan, and it's the Rush is is one of the best players ever to come through U and it's just had to see somebody like him and Luke Hancock not get a lot of help. Uh, going down the end like, like they did.
2: So. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Eric. We're going to let you go. and I'm going to go, keep on uh, keep this train going. We're going to go straight hey, again. See you la- later, Eric. We're going to go straight again to the Osmo 4-linger buzz line. we got Tyler on the line. Tyler, are you there?
0: Hey, Mike, what's going on?
2: Tyler, what's going on? I know you were loving last night.
0: But, you know, I stayed up. It was a great night. I was uh, kind of nervous for the first 10 minutes or so, as I guess most of the Big Blue Nation was. But if you look back at the entire course of the season i would say that it was not a surprise uh most of the games the team went down maybe seven to ten points early and then it had turned into a you know a final 10 minutes of the first half where they would come back and then that second half team it was you know it was a second half team all season so I, myself i was not scared i was just hoping that they wouldn't allow it to turn into a beatdown
2: even when willie collie stein goes down you weren't a little nervous
0: Oh, no, no. I was definitely nervous when Willie Collie Stein went down, but I mean, uh, you also got to realize the height of Louisville. They don't have any, they didn't have any, considering your season's over now. It was not team Van Trees, and, you know, Montreal's down stuff in the low with Kentucky dogs, Poiters, Joyce Randall, and Dakar Johnson. No, I really wasn't worried about the size of Kentucky, but, yeah, I would have loved to have Willie Collie Stein. But I just wanted to say to you, Mike, how about Coach Cal Perry and the adjustments and, you know, the work he did in game play last night to allow the team to fight back into
2: it yeah i agree i mean i think kentucky staying in there and just keeping it close is is a work by calipari just constantly being in there you all can do this you can do this you, you know keeping him kind of just dragging along dragging along you know when those guys go in and he's all of a sudden he's got to get big minutes out of dominic hawkins now dominic hawkins didn't do anything stat line-wise but he still is a great defender and he uh, he goes out there and ha- after not playing a lot and has to give him 15 minutes last night and kind of he can't have you can't have this big drop off I guess when he goes in there which didn't really happen uh, you know he didn't turn the ball over he uh, he was he didn't shoot but he also didn't turn the ball over so he didn't really hurt him he had three fouls but they were all fouls that uh, you almost had to have in order to uh, maintain uh, you know he he was either going to foul or let the guy score on him so I thought
0: oh, I would totally agree Mike. If it wasn't for Dominique, I don't know if U.K. would have won that game. Like he said, he hasn't played hardly any complete into tournament through the tournament much as through a Southeastern Conference play. But um, last night, you know, he can match up to the size of Chris Jones and Russ Smith. And if it wasn't for him, I really don't think Kentucky would have won that game because his defensive presence really was there. Really was shown. He was physical, which was needed. Those fouls were not uh, any fouls that would hurt Kentucky in the long run, obviously. But I also want to give a big shout out to our man Alex Poiters. Yeah, How about Alex awesome. Poiters' final? And, minutes.
3: Like, and would Alex we was, him?
2: Well, the thing that was impressive about that is that Alex was not very good the first 24 minutes or 34 minutes of the game. And that last six minutes when he comes in and gets his chance and the team needs him to rise up to take James Young's spot, he does it. And, you know, and the funny thing about that is that Alex was not uh, Cal's first go-to guy. He went, to, he went to Dominique first, and they knew they needed some offense out there. And finally they put Poitras in there, who's showing that he can play a pretty good three-man. And I think that's really important for his NBA draft stock. And uh, you know, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. He was, he was pretty awesome.
0: Oh yeah, I, I think he's going to be a big factor tomorrow. To be honest, with you uh, You know him and Joyce Randall and Dakari now, with really probably really being out, uh, you know, Michigan's smaller team, not anything crazy going on. Though they have a uh, Horford. But you know, Randall should be able to handle him. I think it's going to be another game where Poiters should and does need to have a big game for Kentucky to come out and win that game. And I, you know, bench points. I think we only had two off the bench. Yes, granted, Willie Calhoun was out of the game, but I do. I want to see the bench contribute. I mean, I don't even if it's Poiters, he needs you know seven to ten points. Tommy uh, Hawkins, maybe a couple here and there. I really do think our bench needs to contribute a lot more tomorrow.
2: Well, I'm hoping that they take uh, Willie or they take Poiters and he starts tomorrow. And they put him right on Stoskis, and they tell him to not let him even get the shot off. That's kind of what I'm hoping. What's oh, your no, prediction for tomorrow before I, have to I go to break?
0: Great. I think that would be a great plan. And I guess, Mike, uh, last thing before I do get off here, you've had a great show so far, uh, all the guests you've got going through here. I just going to say, did you see the uh, fan count? Bull had one ejection versus Kentucky Zero last
2: night. Oh, I did not see that, but that's very interesting. <laughs> Always very coming interesting, with the good stats. Out there. Who was it? Well, maybe, anybody, you know, anybody we know?
1: right around the corner.
2: Was it John Hancock? John
1: Cardinal fans.
0: <laughs> um, it, it might have been John Hancock. Very, very well going character there he is. <laughs> but no, seriously, Mike. I'm excited they won. They, you know, get to play tomorrow at five o'clock again. So I'm excited, Wolf fans. Maybe next season, but probably not. okay
2: catch. All right, guys. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back on the oxmoor I mean, on the uh, Weekend Sports bus. Alright, we are back. Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo here, the uh, Brandon J. Lawrence personal injury attorney at Weekend Sports Buzz. Make sure you give Brandon J. Lawrence a call for all your personal injury needs. Hopefully you don't have too many of them. And I gotta give a shout out to my main man, Matt, in the uh, studio here playing all the Guns N' Roses, which is my favorite nineteen uh, 80s, 1980s band. Early 90s, I guess. They, Appetite for Destruction came out. was in the 5th grade. I loved it. It was probably one of the greatest albums of all time. But now we got to go to the phones and get to one of the greatest cat fans of all time. We're getting a lot of cat fans calls, Adam, but we're not getting a lot of card fans today. <laughs> Wonder why that is, Mike? I don't know. They, uh, you know, the two card fans I usually have in the studio disappeared. They didn't show up for uh, today. But they both had excuses. They both had reasons. And then uh, can't really get any kind <laughs> of loyal people on the uh, on the air. You know, I don't know.
0: Oh, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. What about that game last night, though? Oh, I'm man. still am up
2: for it. I tell you what, it was uh, it was pretty incredible to see just in that second half, really the last twelve minute run. Uh, I go back to when, I go back to when James Young caught that alley oop pass and really got up. Yeah, it, that was a timeout. They kind
1: of. Louisville scored, then we came
0: down and we had set that play up. I, I think you're right. That that definitely we needed momentum desperately.
2: And that got to, that down to two points, and then Louisville still stretched it out to seven um, after that. But it mm-hmm. was like, even though it got out to seven, and even though James Young um, fouled out, I still felt I still felt like this team was uh, was clicking the way they needed to click, and it was just uh, it was awesome to see them finally Waiting get into it. Get into that flow and for the twins to just play with so much composure because, you know, Rick tried to extend them out. I mean, they were starting their offense 32 feet away from the basket, and then they just. Well, you said it, man. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: I, no one dislikes Louisville more than I do, but, I mean, hats off to the Louisville Cardinals last night. Seriously, Rick Pitino had a perfect game plan, drew up. It looked like they were going to run away with it, honestly.
1: They had a
2: perfect yeah, game plan. They I shot mean, 40% yeah. from the field. Uh, they've got Willie colley yeah. is out of the game in the first five minutes. And bottom line exactly.
0: is... And our strength, you know, everyone says our strength is our big guys. Well, we can't match up with our big guys. They were killing us in points in the paint. It looked like they had the advantage and not us.
2: Yeah, they won 44-34.
0: All credit due to Rick.
2: Yeah I, yeah, I agree. And that's why, you know, I, I don't like the, the Louisville sentiment that I've seen on line so far of, you know, that... Louisville beat themselves, Kentucky didn't beat them, because I just think that is so unfair to say that, because in some ways, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't think Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you have to give Kentucky some credit for the way they played last night. For the Twins to both play 20 minutes, both of them played 20 minutes in the second half, and not one turnover out of either one of them with the pressure that they were yeah, under. Yeah, I amazing. mean, we were
0: getting minutes from Dominique Hawkins. I mean, we had guys step up who weren't used to stepping up. Dakari Johnson, I mean, I know we've been talking about him already, but I mean, what a coming-out party for him on a, such a huge stage that it, they weren't prepared for, for Dakari, it seemed
2: like. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Dakari coming through. and just What I like about Dakari is that he loves that little hook shot, which he's, and he's good at it, he's got, and that takes a ton of touch to be able to do. But he can score. Lots of times freshman big men have about one, maybe two moves that they can consistently score on. He's starting to show that he's got a pretty Here, good sir. repertoire. Of different moves to to score. He, he is a very skilled
0: for big guy. A lot of yeah, you're A lot of times, big guys they grow that fast and, and their their upside is big, but they're not really polished yet. He's really polished. He's, he's got to work on conditioning a little bit, but I mean he's he's way more polished than I expected coming into the season.
2: Yeah, and and you know I think if his defense comes along a little ways, and he's going to have to be big tomorrow. So I mean that's he's going to have to play really big tomorrow. and He's going to have to play a lot, and uh, we're going to have to see how... and Poitras as well. Poiters as well. Uh, you know when when Dakari goes out, and we're gonna have to go to the Poitras, uh and uh, Julius Randle lineup. You know, no true, yeah. center. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. So, uh, and maybe you're exactly
0: right. And James Young has got it. He, I mean, he played good the first two games, and then last night he was in foul trouble, couldn't really find his rhythm. Besides for that that alley oop that you mentioned, but, but James Young is, is key for us tomorrow, I believe.
2: Well, and I mean, you got two guys that you got to match up with. We got to match up with Glenn Robinson, and we got to match up with Nitzsaskez. And uh, figuring out the matchups with those two guys is going to be uh, really important. One, you know, one of them is going to get guarded by Young, and I think the other one is going to get guarded by Poitras. You know, and I, I would expect to see Poitras in the starting lineup tomorrow. Um, well, no, I'm sorry, not tomorrow. Really? No, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. I'm, I keep on thinking that Willie's a starter. Willie's not a starter. We're going to go with our normal starting lineup, but Jan- but Poitras will go yeah. in quick and look for him to be the guy who kind of takes Stoskis out of the game. And that's what I'm kind of hoping happens, uh, because I think Stoskis will have some trouble shooting over a guy who's six nine. Well, hopefully. I hope so, too. Hey, uh, but I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Go cat. All right, you got a prediction for tomorrow? We lose I'm him? sorry? Do you have a prediction for tomorrow?
0: Oh, gosh. Um... I think it's going to be another close one. It's going to come down to um, who handles himself best down the stretch. Got to
2: go 72-68 Kentucky. Oh, man, that was my score for the game last night. And that's what I predicted last night. It'll be good because I think this team can get to the Final Four, and you know there's going to be 30,000 Kentucky fans inside Lucas Oil Stadium. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope. Time. Thanks a lot, Adam, for calling in. So, all right. Hey, good job, Mike. Thanks, bud. Yeah, so we've, we've made a lot about the flow of the game last night, and uh, and quite honestly, I thought one of the things that I was a little bit worried about late in the game it was uh, the inst- the replay that we all had to go see thousands and thousands of times, it felt like. With, did the ball go off Julius Randle? Did the ball go off of uh, Montrez? I mean, uh, Steven Vantrice? Uh They obviously said it was Louisville's ball, and there's no way you could have to- told from that uh, with any kind of clarity with those replays whether the ball went off. Randall, Van Trace, or even, even Harrison. And uh, that was kind of a key moment because I thought, okay, here we go. We got this dead ball. You know, what's going to happen? Then Louisville runs a great out-of-bounds play, gets uh, gets Blackshear coming right down the middle of the lane, uh, and he gets fouled, but he only hits one out of two. And when he hits only one out of two, it, it's set up uh, for Kentucky to go down, and that's when we got the three. We got the three from uh, Aaron Harrison. And uh from there it was uh it was feeling good i mean i was I was feeling really good. it looked like this was definitely going to happen and um it was just amazing. It was an amazing game last night to see those guys win that in the last really minute and a half that they had to do but I, I go back and i and I think about you know the possessions that Louisville had um towards the end of the game so if we if we look at uh when uh let's see I'm trying to go back to where. James Young fouls out with 5.32 left to go. He picks up uh, he picks up his fifth foul. Uh, Luke steps up to the line and hits both free throws on that foul out. But after that, this is what we had from Louisville. You had a missed jumper, then uh, but, but they got the offensive rebound. Louisville missed again, and then they get a foul on Terry Rozier. So they don't do that. Then Luke goes back and hits two free throws. By the way, Luke last night from the free throw was pretty good. Then Russ misses a layup. Then a turnover by Luke. Then a... Uh, <clears throat> then you had a the missed three by Russ. There's, they just couldn't get anything kind of going with them whatsoever. Then the turnover by Russ. And then they had a missed jumper by Luke. And uh, But that's when the ball went off of of, uh, of Randall and went to Louisville. And then Blasher hit the one out of the two free throws. And then, of course, the missed three by Russ. And it was just Louisville seemed to have it all going for him with James Young out of the game. But then they couldn't. They couldn't capitalize that, and I think that my man on the line right now, Rashawn Myers, is actually calling. in. The first Louisville Cardinal fan that we've had call in today, Rashawn, I, I got to give you props because you're the only Louisville fan we've had call in, and we've had more callers today than we've <laughs> ever had in the history of the show. And you're the first Louisville fan to call in, so I, I got to give you props well, there we for go.
0: that. Well,
2: thank you. So you <laughs> yeah, it was it
0: was it was tough last night,
2: man. Yeah. So, what what was your overall but, impression? I mean, you let's let's kind of talk about the discussions you and I had during the week, and uh you know yep. we, we both had were right in some ways and we were both wrong in some ways. you and I were both right in saying that the Harrison ones to me were going to be the difference on whether Kentucky was going to be able to win or not and uh, I think they were the difference last night, you know for them to not turn the ball over in the second half and play all forty minutes between the you know for two of them twenty plus twenty that's amazing yeah
0: that that was the key in the game last night was the fact that they were able. To go out there and play, and not only play, play at that level against pressure, um, and not turn the ball over, I think I think the biggest factor is we did an excellent job defensively uh, in the first half of speeding Kentucky up and kind of keeping them off kilter, uh, but then in the second half, um, they missed so many shots, and they missed so many opportunities, I don't really think they really took advantage of the fact that I think Kentucky was... Uh, kind of getting winded, but they weren't executing offensively. Um, I, I think that was the biggest thing, and it really assisted in in U.K. really being able to never have to go under that crushing pressure, because I think that was probably the biggest deal early on in the game was that Louisville was making so many shots that they were getting into their pressure every time down the court, and, and I think that was really uh kind of starting to take a toll. But then, unfortunately, in the second half, they just – uh They weren't able to get enough shots to go down to really get into their press. And I give the the, uh, Harrisons all the credit, man. They were able to handle uh, every trap. It wasn't as if Louisville wasn't uh, coming off the pressure. I mean, because they continued to trap. They trapped uh, Andrew in the corner a couple of times, and he was able to keep his composure, look over the defense, find somebody to go to. Same thing with uh, Julius Randle. They trapped him in the corner a couple of times, and he was able to do that to Kyrie Johnson. Uh, was able to handle the double team and not travel. Uh, he was able to compose himself and to get the shots off. I mean, I have to give Kentucky credit for that. I think Louisville did everything they were supposed to do defensively. I just think that offensively uh, they kind of – they did not execute at a high enough rate to get into the press enough uh, for it to
2: end up in victory. They still they still shot 48% in that second half, and they made – you know, they made 13 field goals in the second half, and Kentucky only made 14 field goals in the second half. So, it's, you know – I I, f- I agree with you to a, to a point, but I think that was showing how tired Louisville was at the end of the game, too. The fact of the matter is is that three guys for Louisville showed up, and no one else did. And that three guys, to me, were not enough to get it done. And, uh, but those three guys, you know, Russ kind of had the great first half, Luke had the great second half, and Montrez, I thought, was pretty steady throughout. And the thing that I, that I was wrong on, of course, Willie Colley, the great rim protector, goes out early, and then like the floodgates open for Louisville to get to the rim. And to me, from what right. I'm saying, where I agree with you is when you're making layups, it's really easy to get into the press real quick. And uh, so right. they weren't the layups went away in the second half. You know, they weren't able to get to the rack nearly as easy as they did in the first half. Well, but go ahead.
0: And I think that was part of it. that was part of my issue is that I don't think there was concerted effort made by Russ especially to attack the basket. I, I don't know. You know, because me, to me, well, when I see Willie Collins' time go out, unless you are wide open for a jump shot, I think that you should attack the basket every time. Because, I mean, Kentucky was did it. not have anybody to offer much resistance. And I just don't think, I don't know, it just seemed like they were just a little out of sorts. I think that, you know, you have the ebb and flow of the game, and you're going to go back and forth. And I think we saw that Luke Hancock getting hurt, you know, getting knocked with a couple of fouls early kind of hurt the perimeter shooting. Uh, but either Chris Jones or Russ Smith needed to make it a point. They needed to attack the basket. I don't think they did that enough in the second half. And that being said, you know, they still did enough things uh, to have a, a lead. I mean, the Louisville fans have seen this movie play out before. I mean, they had a seven-point lead with four minutes to go. Uh, and, frankly, that's when they gave the ball to Russ and said, take us home. And, unfortunately, Russ was not able to to make the plays or get his teams the shots they needed down the stretch of that game to win it, it reminded me eerily of, uh, you know, both the Cincinnati, early Cincinnati game as well as the Memphis game. I mean, it's pretty much the same formula uh, that we've seen happen, uh, you know, time and time again. And, you know, when we talked, that was one thing I said, was the the one thing that worried me, you know, about Louisville making a run was two things. A, Montrezl Harrell getting in foul trouble. That happened yesterday. And B, having a relapse of not being able to finish and hold on to a lead, and both of those things happened last
2: night. Well, and, you know, again, and i said this a couple times, if you didn't know either team, you are just watching the basketball game, and I tell, it's told you that one team had a bunch of freshmen out there and one team had a bunch of experienced players uh, in the last four minutes, you would have said Kentucky was a team with a bunch of experienced players. They were more composed. Yeah,
0: I mean, and, no, I agree with you, and that's, that's exactly, uh, you know, I, I think that this NCAA tournament run right, for us has been very stressful. And and I think while Russ is a guy who's fearless, he's a guy who is an outstanding scorer, and he can do so many good things. When his confidence is shaken or the pressure gets to him, he has a tendency to get out of whack. And I think he was just kind of out of whack last night. I think Luke Hancock came in in that second half and tried to carry the team as far as he could. But at the end of the day, Rick Pitino is going to put the ball in Russ's hands to win it. And I think that just the pressure and the fact that he had not been able to kind of get on track really hurt him last night. And I agree with you. I mean, it looked like Kentucky was the more veteran team. They were the more solid team. Uh, you know, that they took care. They executed. And Louisville just didn't. I mean, at the end of the day, they did not execute. They had everything that that they needed to do they did until that last uh, that last four minutes of the game. All
2: right, I'm due for a break, but i got to ask you this one last question. We talked about that they weren't getting to the rim in the second half. In the first half, Russ gets to the free throw line ten times, but he only makes four. Doesn't even take a free throw in the second half. Do you think that him having the free throw struggles made him a little leery about taking to the hole because he didn't want to go to the line?
0: Oh, I think there's no doubt it was in his head. I think that, I mean, when I saw him miss his first free throw and he did his shimmy shake, and immediately he did not do that anymore the rest of the game, that told me. That it was in his head, yep. Because he, you know, you don't change your shoot, free throw shooting routine because you miss one shot, right? And, and you know, Russ, it was just, it was a very stressful, pressure packed game. I totally agree with you. I mean, Russ Smith can get to the basket on anybody, and the fact that he did not attack the basket nearly enough in that second half was tough. I think Chris Jones wanted to, you know, kind of play his role and let Russ lead and not be too overly aggressive. I think he tried to be a bit too passive in my estimation but yeah no I agree with you. I think it got in his head and that's unfortunate for Louisville because the opportunity was there for them to attack the paint and you know really just forced uh, turn the screws to get Kentucky into some serious foul trouble and they didn't do that
2: last night alright buddy I gotta go to the break but I re- really appreciate you calling in and Louisville's got nothing to be ashamed of they had a great year so I will talk hey, to you good, later buddy good
0: game good job Kentucky and I'll see you later Mike
2: alright alright we'll be right back on the weekend sports bus All right, sports fans, we're back here on the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence. Again, uh, we only got a couple minutes left, 10 minutes left. This is the last segment of the hour, but if you want to try to get in on the Icemore Ford link of Buzz Live 384-1450. And uh, like we've done most of the show, we're going to go straight there. We're going to go right there to Carson. Carson's on the line. I know you were excited about last night too, Carson. Were you, uh, were you screaming at the TV? First off, I want to know, did your kids stay up and watch the game? I'm sorry, I couldn't
1: hear you.
2: Did your kids stay up and watch the game last night? Oh, heck no.
1: We, we
0: put them to bed about... 20 minutes before the game started. That way, uh, they'd be knocked out, and you know, like, watch them in peace. We were we were pedal up in the blanket. I was in my UK blanket on the love seat and she was in her UL blanket on the couch, and sat there and watched it, and had a nice little uh, game, at least for me.
2: I think. Uh, well, we actually let our kids stay up last night, and um, both of them were so energized that they couldn't go to bed afterwards. So I couldn't then get the kids to sleep till like 1:30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, but you know it doesn't happen all the time. It, so it was worth it. It was. It's not like they have school today or anything like that. So they stayed up. And actually, when Aaron Harrison hit the three, uh, my little girl, who you know, started crying. Yeah, that's <laughs> like this is awesome. Uh, yeah,
0: that is. Well, that's a great thing to get them into. I mean, if, if if my kids were were a little bit older, I think they would have probably wouldn't stay up. So, um, but it was it was fun. I mean, it was. It really was. When I lose, it was a fun game. Um, and I, I, heard, I was listening to you a minute ago, and uh, I actually looked over at my wife. I think it was six months left. And I said, man, I think he, he was down by seven. I said, it's, it's over with. I was like, they're not coming back. And, uh, so I was prepared to lose, and I, and I honestly thought that that Lowell was going to win, at least in the, whatever time that was, when they were up by seven. uh Three fourths of the second half or whatever, and right before Kentucky started coming back, but yeah, I thought it was a good game. I, I've I've heard so much controversy. You know, the refs did this and that, and they're. I was watching sports team this morning. They're going over on uh, Tennessee and, and Michigan game where you know the the, the refs screwed that call up at the end. I mean, a ref can blow a whistle. They want. I guarantee you, though, foul.
2: that a, a coach and players screw up a whole lot more than a referee does in the course of a game. You know, we can't yeah. expect yeah. the referees to I be mean, perfect if we're not playing perfect, and, right? Yeah,
0: I, it, it's there's nothing you can you can you can you can fight and, and cry about that all day, but I mean, watch the whole game. There's. It's just like in football. You can there's a holding call every play.
2: And you know what? It's funny about that too. There's probably Louisville fans that felt like the refs screwed them over, and there's probably Kentucky fans that thought the refs screwed them over. And you know, I try to watch that fairly yeah. objectively, and I thought the refs. I don't think the refereeing was great, but I didn't think it was sided one way or the other. You know, I just thought it was. I, don't uh,
0: I think I think the referee was. I think the referees were were a little, a little wishy washy, but I think they wishy washy both ways.
2: Right. Exactly. I
0: mean, I I didn't think that. I, you know, and and remember, the first person to foul out was James Young.
2: Yeah, exactly so, right. He I mean, was we, the first one to go, and that and that was that was big because then, and Kentucky responded. Kentucky responded to Willie Cauley Stein going out, and they responded to James Young going out, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So
0: it was, and it was fun, and and you know, I I, I looked into the controversy, and I watched that replay 4,000 times last night, like everybody else did, and heard you mention it. It looked to me like. Uh, it went out on Van Trees. Yeah, but, you know, there's.
2: It wasn't uh, enough to turn it over, though.
0: I think, yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I, my wife and I were watching, and I was like, "Well, I think like, it's probably like football, where you know, there's not indisputable video evidence they stick with what the call was." And I was like, "Fine." Yeah. So you know, they they got the buy. I just I just heard so many people blaming the rest. I was like, "Come on, guys!" All
2: so, right, man. Well, I really. It
0: was a good game. It was.
2: I really appreciate you calling in. Sure. We got to get on to it because I got to I got to wrap up the show, and I just really appreciate you calling in. And hopefully, we can have you back in the studio sometime.
0: Yeah, it'd be great, man. It was fun. All right, we'll have fun tomorrow. So good deal, man. All right, thank you.
2: All right, so I just want to remind everyone real quick: it is spring break week here in Louisville, Jefferson County. And if you are wanting to play some golf, the two thousand sport fourteen Buzz golf card is out, and for less than twenty five dollars, you can play some great courses in our area. Uh, these the, this year's courses include Chariot Run, Glen Oaks, the Polo Fields, Hare to Chill, Woodhaven, Jeffersonville Elks, and Valley View. This is a great, great uh, deal. Make sure you visit fourteen fifty the sports dot com slash golf card for more information. And uh, this is going to be an unbelievable weekend because you, you got the one of my favorite rounds, the Elite Eights, coming up t- uh, today and tomorrow. You got the Reds are in town to play the bats today if they don't get rained out. It was pretty messy out there when I came in. It's going to be cold. Not a great day for baseball. Monday is opening day, one of my favorite days of the sports year. Uh, I always loved it, especially when opening day used to be in the same day as the national championship game. But, of course, I'm a huge Reds fan, so I'm hoping that the Reds can overcome some of their early injuries that they've already had. Uh, With The good news, though, is that Johnny Cueto is going to be starting for the Reds on Monday, opening day. And I believe Homer Bailey's pitching for the Reds tonight, uh, against the Bats. So uh, at least those two guys are coming back, and the other guys will come around uh, soon enough. Uh, we need to get Latos back. We need to get Chapman back to have a really good run. Uh, very excited about the Reds baseball season. But we also have some exciting basketball action going on today. The University of Kentucky fans are in Indianapolis. I hope you make the, the short trek up to South Bend and support the women uh, who play Baylor in, <clears throat> in the Sweet 16 of the, of the NCAA Women's Tournament. And, of course, Kentucky's women and Baylor played earlier this year in Dallas in the Dome before the men and went to five overtimes and both scored over 100 points. It's going to be an unbelievable game up in South Bend, and the winner gets to play more than likely Notre Dame, who's uh, probably the only team out there that has a chance of getting U- giving UConn any kind of game in the women's bracket. And, of course, here tomorrow... The women's regionals come to to the Yum Center, and I think there's tickets still available. You can get all three sessions or all three games for 25 bucks. You're gonna get to see Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, Louisville, uh, LSU. It's uh, it's a great deal, and I I gotta applaud Louisville fans for how much because they I think they do an unbelievable job supporting this women's basketball team. And of course, they the women's basketball team for both schools is a lot of fun to watch. And uh, if you're Looking for something to do tomorrow before the Kentucky game at five. Uh, I think I'm not sure what times the game started at Louisville uh, at the Yum Center for the for the regional, but that would be a great thing to do. And then, of course, the finals will for the women will be Monday and Tuesday night. Monday in the South Bend regional for Kentucky if they make it, and then Tuesday here at the Yum Center uh, if Louisville is is able to beat LSU. And uh, I believe they played early in the year and Louisville handled LSU pretty handedly. So, um. It's gonna be a pretty good weekend. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about some, um, some great basketball games, some great regional finals tomorrow. And uh, if I'm, if I'm picking my Final Four right now, and you got to go, uh, I, you know, I really like Florida to play Dayton, although Dayton is playing just some unbelievable basketball. And Archie Miller, Sean Miller's younger brother, is doing a great job uh, with that team, and he's showing that he might be one of the hottest coaches in the game right now. Uh, Dayton was lucky enough to sign him onto a long-term contract, but we'll have to see what happens there. Dayton versus Florida. I'm still going to have to go with Florida to make it. I don't think Dayton. I think Dayton's probably going to run out at this time. Uh, this is pro- this is by far the best team they've played to this point. Um, the next game we got to, uh, that's going on today is Wisconsin and Arizona, and I'm. Man, this game, I, I really thought Arizona was going to have a cakewalk, but the way Wisconsin is playing right now, is starting to make me think that Wisconsin could be the team to upset the Wildcats, this group of Wildcats that it will be. And I'm actually going to go with the very disciplined and very versatile Wisconsin Badgers, who are such a good defensive team. Of course, Arizona's a really good uh, defensive team as well. Uh, so expect this one to be a low-scoring game, but I'm going to go with the Badgers to knock off Arizona. Then you have Yukon Michigan State tomorrow at two twenty before the Kentucky Michigan game. Michigan State is unbelievable in this round. Uh, Tom Izzo is one of the great guys, the greatest coaches to turn around a team on the two day notice. And I got you know, Kevin always has done a great job with Yukon, but this is his first time to really be in this situation. I gotta give the edge to Michigan State here. And I do think that Kentucky will pull off the win against Michigan, but I think that's gonna be another nip and tug, very scary game. Uh, but again Kentucky's advantage down low, even without Willie Cauley-Stein, will be the difference. So we're going to sit back. Next week I'll be here from 9 to 11, and we're going to have some great basketball in the meantime. And uh, make sure that you all uh, come back and have all these great callers again next week on the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Mike Andalfo, and I'm out.